Welcome to the Braving the Waves podcast, stories of unsinkable resilience and resolving stigma. I'm your host, Michaela, and I am so excited to welcome you to season two. Each week, we will explore anonymous stories and poems, and sometimes you'll hear my voice, other times you'll hear others and their contributions. You'll leave with a refreshing take on storytelling that takes a deeper dive into a specific moment or experience. My hope is that it will encourage you to venture deeper into and perhaps share your own story, which you will now be welcome to do through our submission form. Thank you so much for listening. That's a step in and of itself. And I so hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi, everyone. I hope that you are doing as well as you can. Uh, I'll be honest and say it's been a bit of a rough couple of weeks for me, so bear with me today. Um, but I am eager to share this week's poem with you, which pilots us into an argument between a child and their father and it is an argument that has soured where the father has reverted to hurtful uh, personal attacks outside of the content and context of the argument itself and the voice in this poem carries us deeper into this instance so the child's acknowledgement of overwhelm a moment of mindful connecting to their five senses and a very deep compassion and awareness of the seed of their father's hurt. And at the end of the poem, there is a call, uh, the narrator speaking to themselves, to understand the root of rot, boundaries, and a capacity to both hold space and invite those who have caused harm into it, if they're willing. So I will share it with you now and as always, offer some extra tidbits and thoughts to go along with it. So here's the poem. Mid-argument, I stopped absorbing the threats, insults, attacks on my being and values in humanity. Now TV static and inaudible radio ranting. I tried to separate you and your insensitive words but they corkscrewed into the top of my head like a wine opener burrowing to uncork my body bottle's blood. I cannot agree to disagree on pronouncements that dysregulate my nervous system. I had to clot your unraveling of the energy thread weaving through the life of the planet. Beneath hot tap water, my thumbs finger paint leftover honey and peanut butter until they slip off breakfast plates. I count drain holes in the sink's pit, deeply breathe in baking dish grime, taste teeth with bloody bitten tongue, hear your body's glare behind the faucet. All five. Okay. Pause. There was a time I thought my own mental, spiritual, and physical shame needed forensics when there was no crime. They just needed love, breath, and space. I cannot force you to change your mind, 
but I can offer safety for openness to having your mind changed. I know you're least likely to give these to yourself, and perhaps can't, yet. So perhaps if I believe enough in your innate longing to experience and express emotion, it just might terminate your cruel perpetuation of violence. Perhaps when I'm finished cleaning your dishes, I can sculpt space for you if you'll excavate yourself. Because now I see the difference between one, the wicked lines that have drawn the shell you believe to be you, two, the connected cords of our cores, and three, where to draw any forgiving line between us. Okay. As usual, I'll say, breathe the words in. What do they make you feel or think? How did they connect with your senses? What colors or symbols did you notice? What meaning did you draw? Metaphors, interpretations, clarity, messages. And I'll take us back to the beginning and kind of walk through some of the pieces that are happening in this poem. So, as I mentioned, this is an argument taking place. And in the written version of the poem, I have some of the hurt, um, intentional hurt that's happening on the left side of the page. And our narrator's thoughts and kind of stepping back on the right And there's a few lines that are kind of in the middle, marking that middle ground of perhaps where these two sides can meet. So definitely let me know in the comments or send me an email if you'd like to see the written version of the poem to kind of get that visual of a few of the things that are contrasting and maybe coming together. So clearly at the beginning we have a shift from just having an argument or a disagreement to one side, in this case being a parent, um, attacking and attacking uh, at, at a personal level. And the child who's listening kind of tunes out, um, described as hearing the words as radio, kind of TV static, uh, they stop listening, which... I think we tend to do when we feel that we're being threatened and being attacked, which is a very, it's a very natural response. And there's a really, really great kind of way of thinking about this in the corkscrew of a wine opener, kind of burrowing down, um, getting at right where your blood boils (laughs) when you feel very um, threatened, I think is really the best word I can think of. And so that metaphor is kind of unpacking that moment of feeling like something's burrowing into you, uh, trying to uncork something outside of your control. And we have this kind of awareness of feeling dysregulated uh, in the nervous system and having to kind of clot and stop this unraveling that's happening, this disconnection that's happening, specifically in the energy uh, that connects human beings. 
which is a really um, mature and thoughtful response to have when somebody is saying such hurtful things and attacking you on a personal level where it's, of course, not warranted. And we come to this moment where our narrator is connecting with all five of their senses um, in a moment to kind of quickly mentally check out and calm down. And so they describe touch, taste, smell, sight, uh, hearing, and physically say, okay, got all five. I'm going to pause here. Where do we go from this? How am I going to react to this situation? And there's a very clear unpacking of a sort of healing journey that this person has been on where they described thinking that their mental, spiritual, and physical shame needed forensics when there wasn't a crime per se. Uh, They just needed space and love and breathing and just intentional care to unpack where all of that came from and so our narrator's noting that they've done this for themselves and then they kind of move into acknowledging that perhaps their parent hasn't done this ever in their life and they say you know in the in the terms of the argument that they cannot force uh, their parent to change their mind on the topic of argument here but they can offer a safe space for the openness to having your mind changed, which is a huge, huge distinction. We cannot force anybody to our side, but we can offer space for them to change their mind and offer resources and statistics if need be, all of those types of things. And if the person chooses to come over and walk onto our side, then then so be it. If not, if they maintain their stance of being hurtful and harmful, then... Uh, you know, that's a, a different reaction and a choice that you make about your value in, uh, in that conversation, that relationship, and what you're able to do within it. And moving past that kind of acknowledgement, there is this deeper kind of awareness of how uh, stuck uh, their parent is um perhaps ignorant in a lot of ways and maybe unaware of the toxicity or rot within the roots of how they're behaving or where that behavior has has come from and they're saying this through you know possibly them being or the parent being the least likely to provide the love and space and care uh, to themselves but importantly they do say yet uh, which is a, a hopeful hopeful sentiment and this move into or it leads into a move towards a desperation almost when they say so perhaps if I believe enough uh, in your innate longing to experience and express emotion and that desperation may come almost as a form of prayer and looping back to the space where these two people uh, do in fact share something and also noting that this 
situation is between a parent and child, so there may be that extra layer of longing, uh, longing for there to be peace, longing for there to be agreement, longing for there to be respect of each other. And this moves us into the final kind of section of the poem, which, you know, despite the clear defining of a power dynamic, when they say, uh, perhaps when I'm finished cleaning your dishes, um, there is an incredibly kind, selfless offering, or rather an invitation, rather than a forcing, kind of like we mentioned earlier, that this is the boundary that's created. Sort of like a, I will only make space if you choose to enter it thoughtfully and with kindness. And the last couple of lines of the poem reflect that as words that the child might offer their parent, um, the defining of lines between the two of them, such as forgiveness, humanity, and perhaps in this case, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, awareness of all of those things. And I really love that there's a clear note that the child does, doesn't re-enter the argument uh, to offer themselves up to be dehumanized. There's no instance where they kind of willingly walk back into that space where they're being hurt, but rather acknowledge it, make it clear that that's what's happening, and make a very thoughtful and kind pivot in how this interaction is going to unfold moving forward. And so to soak all of that in and absorb it one last time, I will read the poem once more. And I just, yeah, I, this was a really powerful, moving um, one to write and engage with. And I think one that we can all relate to, especially moving into the holiday season for some of you, you may have had Thanksgiving this past weekend, um, which is a place where difficult conversations and things come up. So I hope that it's helpful and yeah, I'll read it one more time for you. Mid-argument, I stopped absorbing the threats, insults, attacks on my being and values in humanity. Now TV static and inaudible radio ranting. I tried to separate you and your insensitive words, but they corkscrewed into the top of my head like a wine opener burrowing to uncork my body bottle's blood. Cannot agree to disagree on pronouncements that dysregulate my nervous system. I had to clot your unraveling of the energy thread weaving through the life of the planet. Beneath hot tap water, my thumbs finger paint leftover honey and peanut butter until they slip off breakfast plates. I count drain holes in the sink's pit, deeply breathe in baking dish grime, taste teeth with bloody bitten tongue, hear your body's glare behind the faucet. All five. Okay. Pause. There was a time I thought my own mental, spiritual, and physical shame needed forensics when there was no crime. They just needed love, breath, and space. I cannot force you to change your mind, but I can offer safety for openness, 
to having your mind changed. I know you're least likely to give these to yourself and perhaps can't yet. So perhaps if I believe enough in your innate longing to experience and express emotion, it just might terminate your cruel perpetuation of violence. Perhaps when I'm finished cleaning your dishes, I can sculpt space for you if you'll excavate yourself. Because now I see the difference between one, the wicked lines that have drawn the shell you believe to be you, two, the connected cords of our cores, and three, where to draw any forgiving line between us. Thank you so much for listening and walking into this space with me and thank you so extra (laughs) much to the individual who submitted this memory um yeah just a very powerful relatable situation and i think you know we're all gonna handle it differently um especially when conversations evolve into arguments and then into insult wars and it's a really difficult complicated thing to navigate so I want to say that this is a or this poem represents an incredibly um, yeah thoughtful and kind example of how to walk through these spaces but it is definitely not the only example and sometimes the best choice healthiest choice for us um, to protect ourselves is to walk away and that's okay so i offer for you to take from what the take from sorry (laughs) take from this poem um what's most helpful and what resonates the most with you while also acknowledging the uh, story and lived experience that's behind it. (sighs) Thank you again for listening and please, please feel free to let me know in the comments on Instagram what you think, any thoughts you have. Uh, You can also email me at Michaela at weareinsinkable.com And if you would like to submit your moment or memory to be shared on the podcast, please head to tinyurl.com slash bravingthewaves, which will also be linked in the show notes for you. And with that, I hope that you have as good of a week as you can and that there is something to feel joy and gratitude about at some point in the next six or seven days until we connect again. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Braving the Waves podcast. You can find more information about this week's content, resources, and related links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you subscribed, shared, or left a review followed us on socials. And lastly, don't ever forget that you are unsinkable. Just being here, listening, helps you swim and keep your boat afloat. Thanks everyone.
Take care.